My name is Rob Frawley, and I'm here alongside my co-host, Noah Guyberson. Hello. And Emily Costa. Hi. With a very exciting special episode of Fax Machine, a podcast by and for people who are curious about everything, but especially the things that make them laugh. Now this week, we are in part two of our mindless mini-series of quiz. <laughs> nice. Why, why mindless, Rob? Well, because, Noah, we refuse to talk about the brain. Oh man. And I know, and you know, Noah oh, loves do. brains. So much. He's got a whole brain thing going on. He likes brains so much, though, he got us to do an entire brain show at Caveat Live with Dr. Paula Croxon of Columbia University, and now we all have to go. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Go, brains, go! I don't know how I managed it, but whatever. But, so, while we are very excited to be having a live episode at Caveat, uh, we refuse to let Noah have the win on this one. And so, (laughs) if you listened in last week, you heard Emily's um, inspirational lung quiz... Oh, I thank you. <laughs> but this week, things are going to get tough. Because, as you know, in a normal episode, we would go through three facts, each of us discussing them in depth related to a common theme, and then have a quiz loosely inspired by that theme. But this week, the loose inspiration is organs that we like, but Noah doesn't. Oh, man. And we get whoa, to do... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said I didn't like your, your organs of interest. Nope, Noah's very anti-bones. I've yeah, heard him say I'd like it. I'd to see how far you get without lungs. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you wouldn't be able to see anything without a brain. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's not oxygenated. But so, since this is no regular episode, we will be doing an entire episode bone quiz. Quiz is all about the bone and skeletal systems and the things that make me very happy. You may remember also from our uh, most recent live show at Caveat, uh, where it was the Halloween-themed live show where Rob had a whole bone fact there as well. Um, So you may do well on this, or maybe not. I mean, of course, I don't know yet uh, if you listen to that episode. So if you feel like studying, you should go back and listen to our most recent episode, episode 35, A Science Seance Live at Caveat, and maybe that'll help you bone up on the bone facts Make no bones about it. <laughs> um, and before we get started, uh, Noah, you've been keeping it quite a secret. What What are you going to do in your quiz episode when you're not allowed to do about the brain? Well, oh, I said that really the, dumb. <laughs> when you're not allowed to do about the brain, what would I do if I'm not allowed to do about the brain? I've got to I've got to fix that preposition pile. Okay. Up really <laughs> well, I have been keeping it a little bit of a secret, but the guidelines that you both gave me where that it couldn't be about brains and right. it had to be unpleasant for me to research. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's only fair. So that is what it's going to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so next week, I hope um, you don't eat before you <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that gross. It was gross for me. It will not be. Mm, maybe I'll just won't say this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tune in next week for Noah's mystery quiz about something he doesn't care about. <laughs> Well, it's more that I just don't care about it. I actively disliked having to research it. Mm. Yeah. Appetizing. Right. There we are. All right. So don't eat before you... (laughs) (laughs) He said appetizing. It's back in. (laughs) Well, with no further ado, though, are you guys ready for a bone quiz? I'm sure it will be a bona fide success. 
That's nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pun. I am sticking to it. Um, yeah, so my quiz is loosely inspired by Bones. Okay. Um, and we'll see how we do. All right, first question. In 2011, when Mike Myers hosted SNL, he reprised his role of Wayne on Wayne's World and did an Oscars movie set in which he told the audience that he didn't even make up the name of what snicker-inducing movie title starring Jennifer Lawrence in 2010. The Lovely Bones. Oh, okay, sure. That's the answer. Uh, it's not. I mean, sorry. <laughs> and what I meant by that was Winter's Bone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know okay. what The Lovely Bones is. It's a book, actually. That's a book, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's a real thing. No, it's like, oh, it's a movie. Oh, sure, And it was, okay. it was like it was... a book in the late 2000s. So right. Like, yeah, is that it was a bestseller. Which, right on. What is Lovely Bones yeah. about? Oh, well, I don't read this oh, shit. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> what I meant to say is Winter's Bone. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> there we go. I knew there was a bone. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw, I loved this SNL skit, because no, they, it was basically like Wayne's World did the Oscars picks, and so him and Dana Carvey were sitting there in costume, and they're like, and this movie, we didn't even make up the name, it's Winter's Bone, ah, and they're just laughing hysterically at like, a, not funny, but like, they made it very funny, and then I never I'll take saw, your, I'll take your word for it, and I never saw Winter's Bone, so I wanted to use it in the quiz, in a way that it was meaningful to me. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Winter's Bone, though, is a movie about Jennifer Lawrence living in the Ozarks in, like, some kind of tribal American, like, fighting situation. Huh. Yeah. Well, like, post, post-civilization-ish-ness. Oh. According to the Wikipedia blurb that moused over <laughs> as I was on my way over here. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Question number two. Billy Bones is a character of what coming-of-age novel originally published with the author's pseudonym Captain George North? <sighs> Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I have I have one particularly helpful okay, hint. Can, well, let me ask, yeah. and I don't know if this is your hint, but if if we may, mm-hmm. what is the era of this coming-of-age novel? Um, uh, let's see. It is... <laughs> those are terrible noises. Why did you make those noises? <laughs> no. Was that your answer? No. I'm trying to put it in, in like, words instead of numbers, but it's kind of, it's... Okay. I would say 1800s. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm, what's your hint? My hint is this story was made into a movie several times, perhaps most famously with puppets. Uh, Not exclusively with puppets. So oh, I know. I know it. It's Treasure Island. Yes. And why? Uh, because of the Muppets. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and okay. by because of the Muppets, I mean... The only thing that got me that question is the Muppets. Yes. (laughs) You were right. That That clue did help a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, Billy Bones is a character. He's an old sailor in the inn where James Hawkins, the protagonist of Treasure Island, was working. Um, So Billy Bones is is a pirate. You're you're led to believe. And he has this valuable thing in his room in the inn, uh, which is a treasure map. And so in Treasure Island this marauding group of pirates come to find him to get the treasure map in order to find Treasure Island. Um, So he, knowing that the pirates are coming, gives it to a young Jim Hawkins in order to run away. Um, In the Muppets version, he is accompanied by Rizzo and Gonzo. (laughs) Rizzo? Yeah. Like from Greece. (laughs) Yes. Is it it like, is is Treasure Island (laughs) and Greece set in the same universe? (laughs) I think so, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Peachy so, keen, jelly bean. So they take the red Corvette all the way into London. <laughs> <laughs> all the pink ladies are waiting. Well, a Corvette is a kind of ship. Oh, also. that's right. Yeah. Whoa, so very possible. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, they, they sing a whole song and they escape. 
And Billy, Billy Bones, in the real story, he dies kind of at the hands of the pirates, I believe. In the Muppets version, that's no good. So instead, he has like a little bit of a cardiac arrest. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my heart, I can't. And his, his dying words... It's like, Jim, remember this. And he says something about the map. And Jim's like, okay. He's like, and Jim, Jim, remember this. Don't go running with scissors or you'll poke out an eye. And he <laughs> just dies. It was great. <laughs> so Billy Bones. <laughs> Billy Bones. Uh, and Captain George North. <laughs> yeah, Captain George North was the pseudonym that uh, Robert Louis Stevenson originally published it under. Right. Oh, okay. okay. Very cool. Yes. So... Question number three is my next installment of my new recurring series taken from the words of Pulitzer Prize winning author Kendrick Lamar. I got a bone to pick. Um, <clears throat> yes, thank you, Kendrick. Um, so in this segment, I'm going to ask you to identify a bone of the human body that fits the criteria that I'm describing. Okay. Cool. Okay. What human bone shares its etymology with the place where Christ was hung to die? So, do you want me to tell it to you in Aramaic? <laughs> yeah, it'd be Yeah, I know you said that once. But this, it was called in Aramaic Golgotha. Yeah, which is no, but that's not Golgotha. The Golgoth bone. For for me, that has this like knee jerk reaction where it's like, oh, Golgotha, this. Right. I don't remember, but I know I'm gonna know it when you say it. Can you just tell me? Yeah. So in in the Bible is Golgotha or the place of the skull. You know oh, what? so the wait no. I was full of shit. It's not the I skull. <laughs> yeah, it's like skull and Is it now Calvaria? Yes. The what? I mean, that's the skull. Yeah, and, and so, also you. I would never ever have known that, except that in our last live show, Rob Some, asked a question about what what bone has the greatest like tensile strength, <laughs> and then he was like, and then I gave the right answer, but before he saying the answer, he was like, "Does anyone in the audience know?" And I was like, "Well, I guess I'm a fucking dumbass." And then they were like, "The skull." And he was like, "Ooh, Calvaria, no, no, actually, Noah was right." <laughs> I just wanted to draw them in. I no, wanted to give him a chance. No, and I understand and appreciate that. <laughs> but I just wish for once he would draw me in. <laughs> There's two tiebacks here that I would like to make before doing that. <laughs> Uh, one is, so, the place of the skull in Aramaic is Golgotha, but in Latin and Greek, it's Calvaria. Ah. I see. Yeah. Okay. And this is why, in a lot of kind of, like, modern, or it, when you read the Bible, it was also called Calvary, the Hill of Calvary. Oh. Which is a super important Christian yeah. reference. So, a lot of cemeteries and funeral homes and kind of old age homes have the name Calvary, because it's the place where Christians die. Not to mention, it's the place that horses can charge down the best. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. <laughs> cavalry? Yeah. Oh, wow. Calvary. Caval, yeah. Cavalry. Yes. It's not the Cal- same shit. So what, what do you say? What does mine say? <laughs> Horses VL. Okay. Yeah. The cavalry. Christ LV. LV. <laughs> the cavalry okay. rides through the cavalry. We're there. <laughs> This is our new warm-up for yes. each episode. Nice. So you're saying you're saying horses are VL. Yeah, with the with I, their vowels. Sure? There are vowels in the way. Cavalry. Uh, okay. Right, like, so ca- it's, like it's cavalier. Cavalry. Like... Yes. Okay. To, to caval. <laughs> like, On a horse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One who cavals. But like because I like that root is actually a horse, like yeah. caballo. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. And other like, cab- other cabal, languages. Because B yeah. and V are very yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Calvus, actually, Calvus is Latin for bald. Oh. Yeah. Because you can see your skull. 
I guess, yeah, because you're just like oh, a skull head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is there anything? Cool. What's Why is it called a skull cap in Catholicism, a thing that priests wear? Oh, um, so... Like a yarmulke bi- for yeah. Catholics. Uh, for the same reason, it's um, bishops and the Pope wear a skull cap uh, basically under their mitre as uh-huh. a way of kind of just... It's, it's actually used in the in Catholic Church much more as like a symbol of status. Oh. But it mm-hmm. it is meant to be a deferential thing to say like, you know, this is... I wear this because I should not expose my, my head to the Lord. Right. Um, and I don't want everyone to know that I'm going bald. Really bald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a white or pink bald Scott. Bald Scott. Scott. Cover. Bald Scott. <laughs> bald Scott. Bald Scott. <laughs> it's a little known part of the Catholic liturgy. Uh, it's actually the, the legend of Bald Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bald Scott. Pontius Pilate's right hand man. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. What opera contains the song, Seems Like These Bones Don't Give Me Nothing But Boxcars Tonight? <laughs> Or more succinctly, (laughs) yeah, it's not in English. It can't be. Or more succinctly, it's often called "Roll Them Bones." Porgy and Bess. Porgy and Bess. Yeah, Yeah. that's an opera. Yes. And also, what is that? An opera. (laughs) That's an opera. Is that not like just on Broadway or something? No, it, it well, is it's the, an opera. It is the American opera. Yeah, so okay. it is it's, our it's opera. in English and it's sung. So if it's, you might be if like it's a musical, but yeah, it's, it's an opera. If I, it's in English and on Broadway, it's a musical. It's, it's not, but it's an not opera. It's not on Broadway though. It's not. A, no, it's, it's an like opera. Well, not it's written as an. <laughs> oh my god! Let us have this one opera. It's the only one we have. Let it's not like piano. <laughs> But it is. That was yeah. good, right? <laughs> it was yes. nailed. It. it is. Yeah. That is how it is. You know the song "Summertime." Summertime. It's from that. From that. Easy. that yes, song? It's from mm-hmm. that. For real? Gershaw. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I it's been much kidding. covered. Nope, go. that's the one. I thought I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out <laughs> I played myself. Yeah. <laughs> About 45 seconds after that song ends, these bones don't give me nothing but boxcars tonight starts. Like oh. they are like back to back scenes to start off the opera. So it's at like the, the people are singing about the summer. There are workers on a dock, and they're playing... Okay, so the second part of this question is, what are the bones in this song? Looking more at Emily now. Say it again. So, oh. <laughs> these bones... Yeah. Seems like these bones don't give me nothing but boxcars tonight. Oh, see, if I had gone when it was at the meth this fall, then I would have known. It's okay. still on. It's still running. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's um, all go. Oh. I mean... Can we go anytime we want? Is it every night? You have to you buy have tickets. A... I mean, yeah, I mean, let's buy tickets and go. <laughs> yeah. I haven't met student membership. I can. What the fuck? You guys are so cool. <laughs> Hang with us, kid. I don't even. Some things. Oh man, yes. <laughs> Learn a thing or two. Um, let's go. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I can support. I would love to. Okay. I think that would be really awesome. This is a real turnaround from what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I well, I think I, I think I've been very clear that I am both Noah. ignorant and also interested in learning new things. It's just the problem was I wasn't interested early enough not to be ignorant during this podcast. Yeah. Noah, you never go to Broadway shows. Why are you starting now? <laughs> um, but so to so know the bones. To know what the bones are, actually, Oof. the other weird word in that sentence that seems odd is really helpful because it's a term Boxcars. of yeah. Boxcars, yeah. it's a term of slang used feet. Is it? I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> not to my knowledge. I haven't seen it so. So it's a phrase that's used in a game. Okay. Ooh. Mexican train. <laughs> um. Wonderful game. <laughs> so the bones would be like the playing pieces. Yes. Okay. And then think about um, where Poor Jean Best is set, time period, what's available. Yeah. They're like not playing like Monopoly. And Emily, what are those things just so 
dead listeners know. I don't know. <laughs> is it? Uh, it is. Is it a board game that is still? I mean, like, has been commercialized or what have you since that? Oh, you yes. I so wouldn't know about okay. There are probably commercials on television that could use the phrase boxcars, and there are many games that utilize these playing pieces. But the game they're playing famously is like. Okay. It's... Oh, are they are they like die? Yeah. Boxcars are an arrangement of the of the pips. Yep. Exactly. Oh. And so boxcars is double sixes because oh, it's just two so rectangles. Crappy. Yes, okay. they're playing craps. There exactly. we go. See that I wouldn't have known. So mm-hmm. that was teamwork. Yeah, and then the the other kind of uh, nice. That was a good one. That was actually good. <laughs> the other the other kind of famous. Emily's been named... fucking up high fives all night. <laughs> <laughs> I have just been holding them to my usual high standard. <laughs> But the other the other thing you can roll that has like a name that I've known for like from playing Monopoly with my dad, who I guess is really down with old timey lingo, is if you roll seems like it. If, if, if you roll, <laughs> that's where it comes from. <laughs> but if you roll two ones, you know what that's called? Snake eyes. Snake yeah, eyes, snake yeah. eyes. Yeah. So I snake mean, eyes everyone knows that. So how does everyone know that? But no one knows box cars. That's crazy to me. Wow. Because box cars are just sixes. But it's, it's, who cares about sixes? <laughs> You have the same odds of rolling double ones and double sixes. They both have a cool name. Everyone knows sneak eyes and no one knows boxcars. Yeah, but nobody looks at like a boxcar and they're like, wow, I should probably stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess snakes you, are still you don't have present. a I'm boxcar is less. You don't have a fear of hobos, Noah? <laughs> no. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that like, I think there's a inborn fear of snakes that's going to make that a more salient like yeah, you are evolutionarily programmed to be yeah, you, afraid of snakes. You guys Not clearly so box cars. didn't have a two hundred square foot train layout in your basement no. growing up. <laughs> and you, you were yeah. afraid of the boxcars. That sounds like sure. torture. You were, you were you were saying by the way you're afraid of boxcars. Good point, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you volunteer to play with trains if your phobia is boxcars? Did you have siblings? No. Did oh no, well, I, I, I just say. had trains. <laughs> All right, question number five. Um, first developed in East London in 1748, Thomas Fry's Bow Porcelain Company created what type of uh, ash-refined dinnerware? China. What type of China? Fine Bone China. China. <laughs> Bone oh. China, yeah, that's it. Good oh, call. Emma, was this your trivia night that, that introduced me to this? Well, it was, uh, a, it was in the Elements thing. Yes. I so it was our think. first live show. Yeah. No, it was, it was phosphorus. In... Oh, no. But no? Bone, bone no, China no, was, it was a question. No, I it was, about it was about, some other time. It was no. in an alleyway trivia night. Was <gasps> it? Like in the bar. Yeah. It was yeah. that far back. Yeah. Just for anyone who doesn't know, Noah, Emily, and I used to host trivia in a bar across the street from Emily's apartment called The Alleyway. Uh, no longer exists. Rest in peace. It was um, also my apartment. Yes. At the time. <laughs> That's true. Noah, Noah did live here. I lived in this building once, too. <laughs> Um, this but, building we haven't we are also in this building yeah yes. <laughs> where we are sitting in emily's apartment yeah <laughs> um but in the bar across the street all three of us were trivia hosts um for like a total of eight years i think we spanned um and in one of the nights emily hosted i remember her asking a question about thomas fry's bone china and i had never heard of it Damn. but it is um porcelain made with four, up, up to 45 percent of the porcelain material is bone ash Usually from like large skeletons, like whale bones and other like large mammals that they could obtain uh, to use the bone to make this porcelain material, and they sold it for much higher prices. Um, and it was a yeah. British China company, yeah, yeah. sold this fine porcelain. Yeah. Yes, and it, it goes so it's illegal now. Yeah, um, I believe. Yeah. Um, but so like, the, well, now it's just made out of sustainable human bones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
I mean, no they, short supply. They could probably make it out of just any other animal bones, but so like whale whalebone china specifically. Like if you find a set like at an antique uh, trade show or something, it would sell for a lot of money. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's rare. Question number six. It's a true or false question. Um, true or false? Bird bones of the same size would be lighter than mammal bones. Yes, because they're hollow. Yeah. That's what I would say. But is that... Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> wait, wait, of the same... Wait, we're not done yet. Yep. Of the same size. So, so same dimension, wait. same um, length width. Like, hmm. if you could find two bones that, like, had the same prop... Like, were the same externally. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Okay, well, well, they're hollow, but... Okay, so here's the question. There's a lot of space inside bones that's just marrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I'm wondering how much that really weighs relative to just like all like the calcium. But also, is it possible that their bones are structurally different in that the bone tissue is denser, so that it would weigh the same even if or if mm. even if it actually internally were more thin Interesting. to it out with these air pockets? Well, it's not. I do not know that. Well, no, but that see that defeats the purpose of being light. Well, I would imagine so, but right he's, unless he's they had a different structure quiet. that made it. What was the question? <laughs> heavier or stronger? Would would it be lighter? Lighter. lighter. So yeah. that yeah, yeah, I feel like bird bones have to be lighter. So I would say yeah. But I mean, they're also smaller. Except some birds aren't smaller, but right. those birds don't fly. But that's the thing. If you could <laughs> if you could pair the bone to bone, so it's not a size thing. That if so you found the exact, it's same also size lighter bones. and also has wings. That's kind of another thing. It's like it can generate upward force way more than obviously than we can by flapping our arms. Mm-hmm. Yes relative to the bones it has to carry so yes. based on all the context clues i'm gonna say heavier <laughs> okay wait whether they're heavier so that that's a potential out if if the statement is false it could be because they're equal or heavier let's yeah. not overthink it let's not overthink it i thought the conclusion that was just reached was that they were later but sure <laughs> well what i'm saying is that if they were the same so the whole point of bird bones being hollow is that they're light enough so they don't carry extra weight. But most birds, most, but not all, are smaller than humans. Some that are bigger than humans, <laughs> and I'm saying and also humans can't fly. <laughs> Some that yes. are bigger than humans can't fly, like emus. Mm-hmm. Sure. Ostriches, right? Sure. Some that are quite large, like condors and vultures, um, can fly, but also have massive wing apparatus that yes. can like prov- provide a lot of upward thrust. Yes. So what I'm what I'm suggesting is that their bones might be equal or even heavier, but there are other things that counteract that that they just then I don't know I don't know I don't know yeah <laughs> it's a it's a good stumper of a question we got <laughs> I my my guess is lighter all right I think we, we go can... with hollow bones we're not trying to overthink it but he wouldn't ask that that's like a thing everyone knows that bone their bones are hollow. But maybe he was anticipating this exact, you know, rigmarole that we yeah, just had. The old double swap. Exactly. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recuse myself from this question, put it all on you, Emily. There you all go. of the glory <laughs> and probable failure. Wow. <laughs> because I'm wow. scared of the way Rob has asked this. You're I'm putting it all on you. You get all of the glory. Excluding yourself from this narrative. Yes, I would, wow. I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. Wow. I love this discussion, you guys. Yes. Like in in class, this is a thing we do where I'll show someone something and they'll they'll tell me what it is and I'll say, "Who thinks it's not this?" Yeah. And then a lot of kids will raise their hand and I'll say, yeah. "Why?" And they're like, "Because you wouldn't ask otherwise." <laughs> yeah, and you, you have a quite a good poker face because I bet yeah. it's gonna be lighter yeah. and you just fucking psyched <laughs> me out. <laughs> so in class, it's usually the thing the first kid says, but yeah. here it is not. 
believe it or not. So okay. the idea that bird heavier, bones... Lock it in. Heavier. Yeah. <laughs> e- equal or well, heavier, we can say. You took out of the game, you can't yeah. win anymore. It's about... <laughs> and like really the story is that they're roughly equal because of the, the okay. offset I'm about to describe. So sure, yeah. bird bones are hollow um, in, in ways that other bones are not. But the reason for that is not the kind of commonly held belief that they have to be hollow to be lighter to fly. Right, birds generate a lot of thrust, mm. but once they're in the air, the size of the bird is kind of irrelevant. Like okay. their wingspan and their like the weight of the bone is not that much different compared to the the thrust. They do a lot of flapping. They get off the ground, but once they're there, they just have to maintain their altitude. Yeah, many birds will mm-hmm. glide, and yeah. so the other thing is that their bones. If you see the the wing bones of birds are very thin and long, and so like yeah. the the size and shape of the bone kind of is what makes it also lighter. Like mm-hmm. they are kind of lighter per size of a skeleton. But the okay. bone itself is not necessarily, like per cubic mm-hmm. unit of volume. Um, the reason that they're hollow is because they're nematicized, which means that there's actually, Emily, a <gasps> lung-based function in these bones. Oh, Ooh. no shit. I read wow, about this. Wow, what a twist. Yeah. So, Matt yeah. Weddle. you read about this, Emily? Uh, a little bit. I started reading about it a bit as a potential question and then okay. veered into lungfish yeah. and fell in love. So <laughs> Matt Weddle of the University of Cal Berkeley says that as yeah. baby birds grow, air sacs uh, that make up its lungs invade the bone space and that form a bunch of very tiny hollows. And those air sacs will stay attached to the bones for the bird's entire life, which increases the tidal volume of like what birds can breathe. Mm. Um, so they use the bone space to kind of hold more air, which is useful when they do... A lot of really like anaerobic uh, activity, flapping really, really quickly, wrestling something, like being super athletic. Um, so because of the forward and backward arrangement of air sacs in the body, it gives them this kind of superpower, which is that when birds move, they take oxygen in as they breathe. And as they exhale, those muscles actually will, will cause new air to come in. So they're kind of breathing in, whether they're exhaling or inhaling, I see. which is really, really cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And as, uh, I forget where I found this this kind of write-up, but as an article notes, um, being able to do this means that they could probably play the saxophone better than Kenny G. Even better than <laughs> yeah. Kenny G? Can you imagine? <laughs> Last note is that because birds do flap a lot, there's a lot of stress on the bones of the wing, and they are mm-hmm. they would be more brittle if they were just hollow and lighter. So they actually are denser around the cortex. Like, there's a lot ah. of density so that they are tougher and can kind of withstand fracture. Okay. I feel like everything yeah. I learned when I was a little kid in that like one lesson about birds was just wrong. Mm. Can you imagine that such such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this study, like th- this whole idea, is not like, oh, we've known this for a hundred years and we've been teaching it wrong. It's like this bird guy was like, is that really what's going on? Yeah. And like not that long ago, he published right. a study that, that was makes like, sense. yeah, and like 2006 was when he first started uh, posting about bird bone density. Right. Like like really academically. Question number seven. In the mid-1900s, in what country would you find rib music on the black market? Rib? Oh, Russia. Wow, yeah. yeah. Do you this know about my, this? Yeah, so uh, our first episode that we ever recorded, I wrote like a quiz that was too long and had one question that was wow. like very deeply about this exact story. The so. first episode we recorded? Incredible. Yes. But Rob wrote the quiz for that. Well, no, so I was, un- I was under the impression that we were each writing a quiz. <laughs> We hadn't fully discussed. That was yeah. So I had a quiz and then was like, okay, goodbye, rib music. But now it's back. Wait, but it was how was rib music related to marathons? Which I remember your fact being it was well the Olympics. Um, Oh yeah, there was probably because in the 1980 Moscow Olympics or something might have been okay. Yeah, because let me tell you about rib music. Yes, which is and feel free to jump in. 
I love this. Yeah. This is one of the coolest things I've ever like kind of come across by accident. Um, mostly like kind of starting in the fifties and sixties. Rib music refers to the practice of taking recordings on vinyl and then transferring them onto X-ray film, like in etching them into X-ray yeah. film. Used X-rays, hence mm-hmm. the rib music. Oh, images on And then cool. you could ship the X-rays with medical stuff. Oh, this was like during Soviet yes. times where it was like, like USSR. Yes. So this would be yeah. like, I don't know, like American music it would, especially. It would be the Beatles. It would be right. like Western music that was not like played in Russia. So if you got like an X-ray from behind, that's what you would like. And you were just like this sort of thorax from the posterior side. That would be back in the USSR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It took me a while to get there. There you go. I yep. admit. <laughs> yeah. But, but exactly. <laughs> and so there, there are these like still like, um, like existing... Uh, x-ray sheets that were kind of they were i think they were shipped as the squares so they looked like convincing medical x-rays and then when they got there there's like a little spot in the middle around which you would measure the diameter and you'd cut your circle and you could play it on a record mm. player yep. so you would put this x-ray film on a record player as if it were vinyl so so the idea is that you can etch into the material that x-ray film is made out of in mm-hmm. the same way and play it in roughly the same way that you can on vinyl yeah what is x-ray film made out of is it vinyl Probably, yeah. <laughs> some sort of polymer, at yeah, least. Um, yeah, definitely some Because it feels yeah. like, having seen, like, vinyl printers, like, yeah, yeah I, it must be. Like, that's the stuff we put in. And I, I must have different, like, photo properties, obviously, but... So how, how did people realize that? That they could do it? Yeah. I mean, back then, people made shit by hand. <laughs> so, like, there are yeah, a lot but, more okay, people... Well, frankly, though, like, the people who are making shit by hand and thinking, like, whoa, what can I rip a disc onto... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of more like it's, 90s to early 2000s. Someone but, had an idea. Yeah, Watched but where are they getting the x-rays? Like, hmm. A medical dumpster. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Because they would toss them out, like, for patients. I don't know. I, yeah. Presumably, I mean, patients, yeah. like, passed away or whatever. Because like, if, if a guy, I mean, in, a, yeah, if a guy in a record factory had a brother who worked in a hospital, and he was like, damn, I can't ship my records to Russia where our cousin Stan lives. And the other <laughs> this, this whole family. Stan is short for Stanislav. Yeah. Stan, Stanislav. Yeah. And then the two little girls running in the kitchen That's singing the Beatles, and you're like, "Oh, I love this Beatles song." So would Stan. A couple years ago, a guy basically like encountered this story and created this really awesome website um, featuring recordings that he played from found rib. Uh, music films so you can go on his website i should pull up his name we'll put it in the show notes um and listen to the the beatles ella fitzgerald the rolling stones like just played from these discs and they're i mean they probably don't sound that different but i feel like they're a little bit extra haunting just knowing their source and, and just watching someone's like thorax spinning around on the record player. yeah that's, <laughs> and that's good all right we've made it to question number eight um Question eight is, this is a cool one that I just came across uh, through a friend of mine. What school's biolab skeleton named Dooley safeguards the spirit of the school? I know it. Yeah. It's Emory. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. There's um, no particularly interesting reason why I know that. It's just that (laughs) I used to work in college admissions, and one of the people that I worked with later went on to work for Emory admissions, and Dooley, their skeleton, is on everything. Yeah. Um, That is entirely the reason. (laughs) So. Yeah. I mean... So Emory University in Georgia uh, probably should have a mascot of like a walking can of Coca-Cola, but <laughs> yeah, probably should. But for whatever reason, or like the CDC, just like a big old, <laughs> it's literally on its campus. Yeah, <laughs> just like a walking health bulletin. Yeah, uh, but so right now Dooley is named Claire E. Dooley. They take yeah. the first name and middle initial of the current president. 
Um, mm. But the spirit of Dooley has been this lab skeleton that protects the school spirit and has for many years. Um, so if you go on Emery's website, they list Dooley as an administrator. <laughs> it's really good. Titles, Spirit of Emery, Lady of Misrule, <laughs> Schools, Emory College of Arts and Sciences, well, and Oxford College. So apparently Dooley is like a real big party animal. Yeah. Um, because courses, courses taught, Spring Break 101, Office Hours... Primarily spring. <laughs> and then what's amazing is the number of honorary degrees Emory has bestowed upon Dooley. But they have an MDP in 2016, a DPT in 2014. I don't know what any of these letters mean. Because <laughs> like, they got through all the real ones early. Like uh, Dooley got the PhD in liberal arts in 2003, a BS in nursing in 05, a JD in 06, an MPH in 07, an MD in 08. Dooley was busy. <laughs> but he, he graduated actually, or he probably he then, she now, Dooley. Oh, because well, um, of Claire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> got their bachelor's in 1899. And then waited 103 years to get their MBA in 2002. So just well, kind of chilled for a while. I mean, probably technically. You know, when you're in the field and you're working, and then finally you're like, should I get an MBA? I don't know. <laughs> things are pretty good. Maybe I'll wait till the right time. And, you know, it's been 103 years. And then, and then you're you like, blink, oh, and then 100 years have passed, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fine, well, he yeah. can't. Now we're never like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know how he went to MBA without a liver, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my quiz. That's great. Nice. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to check out any more content, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fax Machine Pod and on Facebook at Fax Machine Podcast. And we're on social media. I'm at Sweater Vest SCI, Noah. At Arcs and Sciences. And Emily. At underscore EM Costa. Fax Machine is produced by Rob Frawley, Noah Guyberson, and Emily Costa, with editing by Noah Guyberson. The theme music is by AC Antonelli, and our logo is designed by Mike Zola. Thanks, and see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.